Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Are you caring for an aging loved one? Are you a senior searching for answers? Welcome to Senior Care Live, a program dedicated to you. Providing information, education, and resources for seniors and their caregivers. And now, America's senior care consultant, Steve Keeker. Hello and welcome to Senior Care Live. I'm Steve Keeker, your senior care consultant, and I really appreciate you tuning in today. I have a lot of information on the program today that will I think will be super helpful, but... First of all, let me say that my friend and producer Sean Floyd uh, here in in the station with me here in the in the recording studio, we talk about sports a lot uh, off the mic, of course. And uh, but I have to say, I, I have to address this one. It's the phenomenon, and I know he's going to have some comments on this, but it's the phenomenon of Taylor Swift appearing in the in the Kansas City Chiefs uh, uh, suite this this past Sunday to watch her we don't know if he's her boyfriend her friend a love interest we have no if this is a marketing play we have no idea but there she was arguably the biggest name most well-known pop you know singer entertainer maybe in the entire world she's sitting here in Kansas City cheering for uh you know for for the Chiefs like like everyone else and I'll have to say that was pretty cool well didn't she just say in a concert not too long ago that she was a philadelphia fan well she did but um philadelphia doesn't have travis kelsey they have his brother and he's already married so well this is true but, uh, <laughs> yeah i i cannot wrap my mind around the the hoopla of all this just it's not my cup of tea yeah well i'll tell you what so so the impact of taylor swift coming to a chiefs game to cheer on travis kelsey it is insane. So in 24 hours on Monday, Travis Kelsey gained over 300,000 social media followers, had a 400% increase in merchandise sales. His jersey, all the Swifties are buying Travis Kelsey jerseys and learning how to spell football, <laughs> right? And it's now the top five selling jersey in the NFL. It is just crazy, that just the impact. It's it's this weird phenomenon. We're not used to that here in Kansas City. We're pretty laid back. Uh, I figured after the, after the game, they would probably be kind of undercover and pretty subdued and maybe go to Mahomes' house and kind of chill out or something oh no kelsey was driving around kansas city in his in his uh convertible in his old uh classic it was, a, it was like a 72 chevelle or something like that and and they and they took over uh, a, a bar and a restaurant downtown it, it was it was crazy 
It was a phenomenon. It, like I said, it still boggles my mind. <laughs> it, I can't wrap my head around this. So uh, all I have to say, and, and major news outlets spending like 10 or 15 minutes covering this. And, and one, one outlet, one uh, news reporter said uh, that it's, it's an NFL love story and they just doubled their audience overnight. So I, I, don't, I don't know. Who, who knows where it goes? But good luck to both of them. And uh, I, I think it's, it's kind of cool. It's just, it's just kind of surreal. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> all right. So, so Sean and I, and, and he's a Broncos. Coast fan, and uh, he's still very upset by the game last weekend. And Sean, it's I'm it's got to get better, doesn't it? Well, I'm going in for a, a head fitting for a bag next week. Uh, <laughs> you're, I think you said you're going to when Denver comes to Kansas City, and you're going to have a bag ready to yes, put I over am. Your... <laughs> yes, I am. Oh my gosh! So anyway, hey, the Chiefs—we've uh, suffered through some pretty bad seasons. So uh, I, I feel for you, my friend. So, um, so all right. Well, thanks for uh, indulging us in our in our sports talk coming on in, in a senior care. <laughs> <laughs> a senior care program. Yeah, so, let's get down to the real talk. Here. Yeah, yeah, let's get down to the important stuff. But uh, it's just it's just such a phenomenon. I just wanted to just talk about that for a minute. So I received uh, some phone calls and several emails uh, over the past uh, you know about week or so, asking me to please review uh, again the assisted living and long term care, uh, also known as a nursing home uh, pricing. So. I thought I would spend just a little bit today uh, reviewing that. If you want to go back to one of the podcasts, I did talk about this here recently. I think some folks uh, just wanted another quick review on that. So first of all, the assisted living level of care, that's that's right in the center of the continuum of care. It is a social model, not a medical model. And in that social model, there is a tremendous amount of support with what is referred to as your activities of daily living. So they can help you minimally or fully with your bathing, dressing, grooming, using the toilet. They provide some incontinence support and management to a point. They do distribute your medications, super important. They make all of your meals, snacks, and hydration. There's a full calendar of activities for meaningful social engagement. Uh, Doctors make house calls. There's transportation to take you out to a doctor's visit if you need to see a specialist or a particular doctor that doesn't come in in in-house. So uh, there's just a tremendous amount of support. It's just not medical in nature or medically based. Uh, the other the other big thing that they can provide is what is referred to as a one person transfer. And what that means is that if if you are weakened but you can still provide some effort in moving yourself from point A to point B and you need the help of one staff person to help you do that. Okay, just to kind of help you get up and then get over, you know, move from from your bed uh, to your chair, your chair you know, to a wheelchair, to your walker, uh, in and out of the shower, on and off the toilet, that kind of thing. So, a couple of things that would push the need to move from your assisted living community to long-term care would be a two-person transfer or some of these other medical needs such as catheter care, tube feeding, wound care, Uh, diabetic management with insulin injections. Now, there are a few assisted living communities that I'm aware of that will provide that, but very, very few. Usually that's going to fall over into that medical category of long-term care, pain management, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So 
at the assisted living level of care, the pricing is going to be affected by a couple of factors. Okay, number one, the size of your apartment. So a studio apartment will cost less than a one-bedroom apartment will cost less than a two-bedroom apartment. And so obviously that makes sense. So the more space you have, the more it's going to cost. And then the second influencing factor that would influence the price is going to be how much care do you need? So generally speaking, if a person needs less care, not for all of the pricing models, but for most of them, if you need less care and require less assistance, you will pay less than someone requiring a tremendous amount of care using a lot more resources and staffing. So hopefully that makes sense. And so in assisted living, you could expect to pay on average somewhere between $5,000 to about $7,000. That would be just kind of right down the middle. Uh, You might be able to find a place for less than that. You can definitely spend more than that. There's no doubt about it. But that's going to be an average for you. And on the uh, the assisted living pricing model, I, I think the most common model, and I've covered this before, but again, this is just a quick review, is your base plus level of care. So they have a base charge. And then how much care do you need? So level of care, one, two, three, four. Typically, I'll see either three or five levels of care. I've seen four as well. But level of care number one is you need a little bit of help over their base package. Level of care two needs means you need a little bit more than that. Three, it goes up and up and up until you max out. Okay, so that's how that works. Uh, there's a base plus an a la carte, which gets super detailed in the billing. And then there's a flat fee for service model, pricing model. Uh, and I, I kind of like that one, actually. You know, if you need a little help or a lot of help, they've got you covered and it costs X dollars a month. And that's pretty easy to budget that. So uh, that's how that works. In long-term care, typically you're going to have two different options there. You're going to have a shared room cost or a semi-private cost where where you have a roommate and then there's a private room cost so i've really seen this one skyrocket here over the past oh i don't know nine to twelve months it's really taken to jump so a semi-private or a shared room rate in long-term care and they do this one by the day so you're going to be somewhere between about 250 to 275 dollars a day you de- you can find some places definitely less than that you can definitely spend more than that but that's that's going to be pretty close and then once you get up into a private room in long-term care space now comes at a premium because it, remember it's mostly about the care so you're going to be paying somewhere upwards of maybe ten thousand to about fifteen thousand dollars a month for that care. All right, so hopefully that helps you out and you learned a little bit more about pop culture in Kansas City. How about that? All right, now the Senior Care Live question of the week. All assisted living communities provide memory care. Is that statement true or false? What do you think? You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, visit SeniorCareLive.com. We'll have more with Steve coming up next.
Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, go to SeniorCareLive.com. All right, back to the Senior Care Live question of the week. All assisted living communities provide memory care. Is that statement true or false? And the answer is... True. The answer is true. And I'll guarantee you there are a lot of listeners saying, wait a minute, Steve, that's not what you said. Yeah, okay. So it's a little bit of a trick question. The answer is true. All assisted living communities provide memory care and they will care for residents with early early symptoms of dementia. Okay, pleasantly confused, a little memory loss, uh, you know, easily redirected, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But not all of them have a memory care unit or a memory care neighborhood, memory care program, whatever you, whatever you want to call it, lots of different terms for that, where they have a separate portion of the building with codes on the doors and all of that where they provide the special type of care for residents with cognitive impairment and then all of the issues that come along with that. So not all of them have that memory care segregated space in their building. But every single one of them provides memory care and the fact that they do care for residents with mild cognitive impairment. So how about that? All right. So we are knocking on the door to October, which is ridiculous, by the way. Where, I mean, seriously, where is the time going? Oh, my gosh. So uh, we are coming up on Medicare Medicare open enrollment, annual election period, all of that fun stuff. So let's do a little myth busting. And now, myth versus fact. All right, so the first myth, Medicare will pay for my stay in assisted living and long-term care. I cannot tell you how many people I have met over the years. Like Steve, yeah, yeah, we're... We need to find a good assisted living community or you know good long-term care community for our loved one. And uh, let me say this, man, we are covered. Uh, I'm, I've got the best Medicare policy that money can buy, and man, I feel good about it. So we're, we're covered, right? I'm like, oh, no, okay, we need to talk about that because the fact is Medicare will not uh, – don't don't wreck the car. Don't choke on your coffee or your drink or your or the the food that you're eating right now. Medicare will not pay for either one. Medicare does not pay for assisted living, and Medicare will not pay for your long term stay in your long term care community. Period. That is just a fact. Okay, and if I just ruined your day, I apologize. If you want to talk about that, you have other questions, give me a call and we can talk about that. But that's just, I just wanted to, I wanted to put that out there. Just went ahead and busted that myth. Okay, another one. The myth is Medicare is is provided to me by the government and I'm covered for all of my medical expenses. So I'm set. The fact is that Medicare is provided by the government but by the way, you paid for that with all of your contributions through your paycheck over the many years of working. Okay. And if you want part B, because look, Medicare is provided, but it's part A, that's your hospitalization, which is super important. But if you want part B, that pays for outpatient services, blood tests, x rays, 
MRIs, doctor's visits. I mean, it goes on and on and on. If you want that, if you want a Medicare supplement plan, if you want a Medicare Part D plan, which, by the way, you do want all of those things, you must pay for that in the form of a premium. Okay, so just the fact that you have Medicare doesn't explain the whole story, and it doesn't provide all of the coverage that you're going to need. Another myth, Medicare is the same as Medicaid. <laughs> so, no, it's not. <laughs> so, I, I can't, again, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to even some professionals, and they intermingle or commingle uh, or interchange the word Medicare and Medicaid. So Medicare is absolutely not Medicaid. Just think of Medicare as your health insurance. So, and then Medicaid, I, I just talked about this, so Medicare, you know, your hospitalization, your doctor's visits, and all of your medical costs. So it's your health insurance. Medicaid is available to anyone who has outlived their assets and they need help paying for health-related services. But it is not Medicare, and that's just, that is the fact. So... All right, and then we'll just go ahead and blow up one more of these things. Medicare is only available to those who have turned age 65, and it's not available to anyone else. It's a very exclusive club, right? But that is not true. Medicare is also available to those younger than age 65 in certain circumstances, such as being disabled. And there are some other circumstances as well. And that's a fact. For more information about the facts... Stay tuned to this program or contact Senior Care Consulting at 913-945-2800 or visit SeniorCareConsulting.com. All right. So, I'll, again, I'll be talking a lot more about Medicare in the coming weeks. And as we approach that Medicare annual enrollment period, which, by the way, I mean, we're just about there. Every single year, it's from October the 15th all the way through December the 7th. And then any changes that you should choose to make are effective than that following, just a few weeks later, January 1 for that calendar year. And I'll be inviting some Medicare experts uh, onto the program here to share their knowledge and advice with us, and you just, you're not going to want to miss that. And just, so, just stay tuned and expect that uh, here in the coming weeks. So your Medicare Part B premiums are going to increase in, for 2024 from $164.90 to $174.80. So basically just call it a $10 a month increase. Uh, Part D premiums will actually go down about a dollar a month. So Part D is actually going to go down just a little tiny bit. As far as these Medicare supplemental plans, uh, if you say, well, I'm interested in that Part F because, as in Frank, because I hear that that thing covers everything. Uh, well, that plan does cover everything, but guess what? They don't sell it anymore. It's not available. So if you are a Medicare recipient and you have a Part F and you're enjoying your pretty bulletproof, pretty much you don't pay a cent for anything as far as paying for these healthcare costs and hospitalizations and all that, if you can afford it, if you can afford that monthly premium, which is somewhere probably between 250 and 300 bucks a month, uh, hang on to it because you you can't get it. It's not for it's not even available anymore. Now, if you want something close to Part F, and again, I'm going to ask the experts this in the coming weeks. Part G is very very similar to Part F, and they do sell that. And so, if you want something similar to Part F, just ask for a Part G. 
And all of these, and then there's a part N. My mom has part N. It's fantastic coverage, and it's pretty darn good. And it's a little more affordable, I think, on that monthly premium. So, uh, and if you want to know what all, what's all this part stuff, well, Medicare Part B pays 80% of all of those services. So what about the other 20%? I mean, that could leave you with thousands and thousands of dollars of exposure. So these Medicare supplement insurance policies pay that other 20%, and then that way you're you're pretty much made whole. So uh, anyway, these are all super important topics to consider this year and every year during open enrollment. And with that, I'll have a lot more coming up next. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. Have a question? Visit SeniorCareLive.com. Stick around. We'll have more with Steve coming up next. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For podcasts of the program, go to SeniorCareLive.com or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so I was <laughs> do a lot of reading. I read this, uh, this headline. I thought, ooh, probably ought to check this out. And then once I read it, I thought, I think we need to talk about that. So here we go. And now, Senior Care in the News. A news report from Steve Keeker, president of Senior Care Consulting. All right, so this is from the Skilled Nursing News, September the 18th, 2023. Staffing mandate proposal inherently flawed with complete disrespect to LPNs. I'm like, man, that, that's a pretty strong, that's a pretty strong statement. So it goes on to say the federal minimum staffing proposal was rushed through and is, quote, inherently flawed, end quote, according to the chief of the nation's largest nursing home association. In a wide-ranging conversation at the Skilled Nursing News, there's a, something called the Think Conference in Chicago last week. Mark Parkinson, he's the president and CEO of the American Healthcare Association, said problems with the staffing proposal stem from lack of funding and the federal government ignoring regional differences in staffing, census, and reimbursement, among other issues. Goes on to say the quality of the process usually defines the quality of the product. And obviously they're complaining about that. So it said that's because they've had a good process in the past and they, they haven't had a good process currently. I won't read through all that. Any minimum staffing mandate is best addressed at the state level said Parkinson. And I totally agree with that because he said, for starters, there are dramatic differences between Medicaid rates with some states still reimbursing with Medicaid rates of around $170 a day. Now, I just told you what the cost was for long-term care for a shared room, right? I, I said $250 to $275 a day is pretty normal. Medicaid rates in some states are $170 a day, with other states over, and I think this is a huge number, over $400 a day. So you can't treat those states the same. You just can't do it because there's a lot different funding available to all of the nursing home operators out there. Moreover, there are facilities in states like New York with over 600 beds in one facility. 
And in Kansas or Washington or several other states, there may be more commonly you know, 40 to 60 beds. So they're just not the same. So that's why I agree get this federal mandate stuff out of it, maybe provide some guidelines, but then you can tailor them to each state. And then there are also different licensures across the country, and some states might not have enough registered nurses to fulfill the rather difficult 24 by 7 RN requirement, while others uh, may not have a sufficient number of qualified candidates. And that's a huge problem. So he said it doesn't make sense to have the same requirement in every state's. And so I and I again, I cannot agree with that more. The proposal calls for a Medicare and Medicaid certified nursing home to provide a minimum of 0.55 hours of care from a registered nurse per resident per day and 2.45 hours of care from a nurse aide per resident per day. And then it goes on to say with non-rural nursing homes, so nursing homes in larger cities having three years to comply, rural nursing homes have five years to comply. So it, even if it is passed and adopted and all of that, uh, it's, it's not going to happen. They're not going to enforce that immediately. You have some time to, time to get there. So what we're really hoping is that the Biden administration just won't issue the rule. And that's 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 happened in the past. They just they have a rule. They just don't issue it or they don't act upon it. OK, so this is one thing that that really caught me. You know, what about the LPNs? I mean, where is it mentioned anywhere about the use of LPNs and their minimum numbers? And so, I mean, that's why the term complete disrespect uh, uh, was used in that headline, because they're just, you know, they're just throwing them under the bus. So I wanted to see for myself if some of the places that I've recently toured with my clients would meet the requirements. And so at least on the RN part of it, I think most of the places that I go to, they're pretty well staffed with CNAs and CMAs. But uh, what about the RNs? That's becoming a, a really difficult situation in staffing. So I'm looking at one place here. This is a five star Uh, rated uh, long-term care community or nursing home, right? They have one RN during the first shift and then no RNs the second and the third shift. They're available, they're on call, but they're not staffed. However, they offset that with one LPN during the day, two LPNs during the evening, and then one LPN overnight. So this five-star rated community with stellar, and I mean stellar care, five-star, hardly any deficiencies in their last three years of surprise health inspections. Uh, This is one of the best places around for care. They would fail the test, this new standard. That's pretty interesting. Next place I went to, they did have one RN per per shift here. Okay. Along with one LPN, two LPNs and one LPN. So, so they're pretty heavily staffed there. And that was a four star rated community. And then their staffing ratio ended up being one to 6.6, which is, which is pretty common. The third place we went to has one RN for the first two shifts. They don't have an RN on staff overnight, but again, they are available and on call. And then they have an LPN in the second and the third shift. So uh, they're, I would say, a little heavier staffed at one to six. 
and uh, but but that's that's for a, a smaller number of of residents. So actually, they would just barely make it, but they would actually they would actually make it. So two of the three places that I very recently toured, they would actually meet that. One of them, which is a five star awesome place, would not. I just thought that was interesting. So the government chose, in my opinion, chose to cause a catastrophic staffing shortage by mandating that nursing home workers must get the COVID vaccine. And guess what? I talked about it on the program before. There was a mass exodus from that field, which was already short-staffed. This is from the American Bar Association, July 27th, 2022. They call it COVID vaccine hesitancy among nurses worldwide is still an issue. And although it has waned, it says since 2020. So the refusal rate among nurses was 23.4% in 2020, 18.3% in 21. And it goes on to, to suggest you know, some of the reasons uh, they were very concerned about the safety, the effectiveness, and the side effects. And, and there's, they also mentioned mistrust of the government and drug companies. So, I mean, these are very educated, uh, very educated people. They know what can go wrong. They know how to read the side effects. And the, the fact is, uh, a lot of them just refused. And so uh, I think we lost about, depends on what study you look at, about 20% of our healthcare and nursing home workforce in a very short period of time. And then now I'm hearing about, you know, more potentially another round of lockdowns. And oh, my goodness, if that happens, uh, I, you'll see I think you'll see a revolution in the streets. I, I, I hope we don't see that. I keep hearing about it. But uh, uh, the one thing that I am hearing, I think, more credibly is a potential another round of covid vaccine mandates. Now, if that happens, we may very well lose our entire healthcare system because I personally know not a couple, but a lot, and I mean a lot of nurses who have said, I'm not taking any more shots. If you make me do that, I, I quit. I'm leaving. I'm going to go find something else to do. And, uh, and if that happens, I mean, we're already short. They're, they're tapping out the temporary staffing agencies there literally are just there's just no more. <laughs> so if we have another twenty percent leave or more, potentially as next time around, uh, it is literally a catastrophe waiting to happen. So how do you feel about the federally mandated nursing home staffing proposals and these new mandates? I mean, so on the consumer side, you're like, hey, the more staffing, the better. Right. But if you're on if you're if you're in the trenches and there is no one to hire, what are you going to do? And oh, by the way, the government keeps decreasing their reimbursement to these providers. So you can't demand more and pay less. It doesn't work that way. Something has to give. Do you agree with Parkinson that it should be resolved at the state level and not the federal level? And what about the LPNs? Why were they left out? So how do you feel about the possibility of new COVID vaccine mandates? So I guess we'll see what happens. And just stay tuned on this because uh, I'll bring you updates uh, on what happens uh, coming into the future because uh, this one really caught my ear and I just, I just wanted to share that with you. So don't go away. I'll have more coming up next. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. To contact Steve or a guest on his show, visit SeniorCareLive.com. We'll have more coming up. 
Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. Have a question? Visit SeniorCareLive.com. All right. So I'm asked all the time, when do you move? What's the right time? And I've covered that quite a, a, several times on, on the show previously. But I thought it, it's important because we're moving into the end of the year. And I've recently talked about how demand is starting to increase. And then demand is off the charts in January and February. That's the highest demand of the entire year. And I'm having a lot of individuals and families reach out to Senior Care Consulting for assistance in a proactive search. And I'm, I'm so appreciative of, of your trust and your belief in the program. And, and all of my clients say, we, we love that placement service with integrity that you offer. We love it that you don't receive reimbursement from any of the providers. We know that you have a fiduciary type of an approach. You have our best interest in mind, and you're working for us and with us. And, uh, and on, all of us are working on behalf of the elderly loved one needing placement. So, uh, so again, I appreciate you so much. Uh, if you want to reach out and learn about senior care consulting and how we might be able to help you, just give us a phone call at 913-945-2800, 913-945-2800. You could also visit online. It's an awesome website. Everybody loves this thing and it's loaded with information. SeniorCareConsulting.com, SeniorCareConsulting.com. But once you've made the decision that, yeah, I think we need to move or we need to proactively go through that search and selection process, you know, what must you determine before beginning that search. Okay, that's a, that's a huge, that's a super important question. And I talked about this before. Don't go out with the shotgun approach and just look at every place and, and the place by work and so-and-so at our church mentioned this place and just drive around. You're wasting your time. And I'm trying to help you to not do that. <laughs> and this is exactly why people are spending, on average, 50 to 100 hours running around. They're trying to do their homework. They're trying to do their best. But it's it's an, a ridiculous amount of time. Our clients get through this in three or four hours, not 50 to 100 hours. So we save our clients an unbelievable amount of time. But... Here's, here's what you need to know, what to determine before beginning your search. First of all, what level of care will you require? And so I relate, as far as some terminology here, I relate the level of care to licensure. It's, it's a really simple way to do this. And I really clean this up for, for a lot of people because there are a lot of folks out there that just they just don't explain this properly, in my opinion. So the level of care is related to your licensure. By the way, memory care is not a level of care. <laughs> it's not. Show me the licensure for memory care, and I'll, I'll buy you dinner. Okay? And guess what? I won't be buying dinner because it doesn't exist. <laughs> right? So the level of care would be long-term care, that nursing home level of care, that medical model. And, it, and your licensure says what you can and must and cannot provide. Right? So it, it's very specific. The assisted living level of care We've talked about that before. You could, and there are some different kind of variations on this, depending on what state you're in. Uh, there's also a residential care uh, licensure, which is basically kind of on the lighter side of assisted living. You have in the state of Kansas, we have kind of a unique licensure called Home Plus. 
Now, a lot of other states just call it assisted living. They just, which is basically what it is. But in Kansas, it's Home Plus, and it's the assisted living level of care, kind of on the higher side of it, frankly, because of that wide lane. They're on the kind of the higher end of assisted living. But it's provided in a house, in a ranch-style house that's been modified to care for up to 12 residents. So you talk about a home-like environment. Wow. They got that one down <laughs> because you have a bedroom. You can hang out in the living room. Everyone eats family style in, in the kitchen, in the dining room, and you're living in a house that's very comfortable. But you're receiving assisted living level of care. And uh, it, and then and then there's something called immediate care facility, which I, I won't get too far in the weeds here, but that's a nursing home that doesn't provide that Medicare certified skilled nursing and rehab. So, so what level of care will you or your loved one require? So that's first and foremost. And then what type of care do you need? Do you just need, gen- I just call it general care, just everyday, right down the middle care. Do you need memory care? Maybe you need memory care today. Uh, maybe maybe we could need it down the road. Okay, do they provide memory care? Well, as I mentioned earlier, all senior care communities can care for a resident with mild cognitive issues and impairment. But do they have a memory care unit or neighborhood? That's super important to know about and it's super important to understand whether you need that or not. Do you need skilled nursing and rehab? Do you need mental health care, hospice care, respite care? So what level of care do you need? What type of care do you need? And then the big elephant in the room, how are we going to pay for this? If you hear the term private pay, that means you're paying with your own resources. Medicare, what does it pay for? Medicaid, what does that pay for? How do you qualify for it? There's long-term care insurance. There's the VA aid and attendance, pension benefit. All of this super, super important. So how are we going to pay for it? You've got to understand that. Yeah, and I, I always ask my clients the question, is there a possibility that you could outlive your assets? And if the answer is yes, then we need to talk about that and prepare for that and make sure that you won't have to move if your loved one outlives their assets and there are ways to address that and accommodate that. But if you don't address that, you could be living in a place for a long time. You run out of money. You're making assumptions that you could stay there. And then you get this discharge notice. Hey, by the way, uh, we, we're not a Medicaid certified community uh, and you're out of money. So you're going to have to move. You're like, what? Right. Well, senior care consulting clients avoid that altogether because we don't let that happen to you. It's just part of what we do. Location. We all want to be close. So what are the location parameters? How far out can we look and, and how far are you willing to drive to get the best care for your loved one? And then any personal preferences and needs. So I've, I've had I, I've had one fellow say, never serve my mother foul. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> you know. And he said, if it has a beak on it, she won't complain. She just won't eat. He said, so no turkey dinners at my house on Thanksgiving. Right? And I'm like, okay, well, no one would ever guess that. So be sure uh, to uh, explain that to the staff so that they don't serve her something that she's not willing to eat. Uh, mothers played piano for the last 60 years. It's part of her DNA. It fills her up. It makes her happy. Well, you know, we need to know whether they can accommodate some of these personal preferences and needs. So uh, again, before you ever begin your search, you need to know the level of care, 
the type of care that you'll need, payment method, location, and personal preferences and needs. If that sounds like a lot, that's because it is. If you want us to help you with that and walk alongside you to help make sure that you are looking at your best options and that you choose the best possible place that is available, give me a call at Senior Care Consulting. We offer a free consultation at 913-945-2800. 913-945-2800 or online at SeniorCareConsulting.com. All right, I'm Steve Keeker, and I wish you grace and peace. May God bless you and your family on this day and always. Join me next week right here on Senior Care Live. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.